You're listening to the Audacious Church Podcast. This message was recorded live at our Chester campus. We know this is a great investment into your life. So tune in, listen up and stay focused. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com. Has everyone been on a good holiday recently? Everyone been traveling, done a bit of traveling? I know Matt and Esther, you guys have done some decent traveling. Well, I want to tell you about the time me and Abby, our holiday over in May. And now we got married right on the back end of that thing called COVID. Does everyone remember that? So we got married literally two days after that we, they said that we could have 30 people at our wedding, which was really good because we'd invited 30. So it was about to get really awkward when we were letting people know, actually, mate, you can't come. Sorry about that. And then, so we, because we, when we got married, we couldn't travel. We weren't allowed to go on a honeymoon, which I've now learned that honeymoon basically means a fancy holiday that you both go and do together once you get married. And we weren't able to go and do that. So we've like experiences and heard stories of people going like traveling after they've got married and really like living it up, going on great holidays. And uh, we were like, right, okay, what we're going to do is we're going to bookmark it. We're going to go on a mini moon, the invention, mini moon. Short holiday, short stay. We went to Abbasock. We, we had a great time. Later learned that the place that I booked for us um, was called, translated from Welsh, the pigsty. So I took my new wife to stay in a pigsty. <laughs> great start, great start. So this put even more pressure on the real honeymoon. And when, when we were getting, like, on preparations to get married, we were always talking, we were like, oh, Italy, how good would it be to be in Italy? Oh, in the lakes, eating the food, we're massive foodies, food is my love language. And uh, we were like, imagine the pasta, oh, the pizza, Italy, come on, so good, the lakes, the cities. But then we were also like, yeah, but Greece, how good is Greece? Like, and how, how do you choose between the two? We thought, you know what? Let's just do both. So we were like, right, we're not just going to go on one holiday. Let's go on two. And then we thought, right, we're going to two places. So why not go to three? So we looked on Skyscanner, and we just booked all the cheap flights we could. But the thing was, we crammed this into a very short space of time. So we started off with a night in Liverpool, then we went to Dublin for 48 hours, and then we flew from Dublin to Milan, which big up to Paolo for sorting us out with a list of restaurants, which was amazing. If you want that, I'll sell it to you after church. Great restaurants. And uh, so we did Milan, and then we flew from Milan to Corfu in Greece. It The one fly that's in church just landed on me. Uh, (laughs) You can't write it, can you? And uh, we we literally went on this 10 days. We were like hopping and hopping and hopping. And we were having the best time ever. And there was this point where we were, we just spent two amazing days in Milan. We just eating like the best food. Like, that's literally all we did while we were there, wasn't it, Abby? Just eating food. And I basically rolled to the coach to then get to the airport. And we, we were in the airport. And we were sat there. We'd just been on like an hour and a half coach ride. Then we got to the airport for like two hours before going to the next place. And I just had this moment where I was like, are we spending about 40% of our holiday 
in an airport <laughs> and traveling. I was like, listen, this is great, but when you go traveling for like a month, two months, the airport time suddenly doesn't really worry you that much. And we had this moment where we're on holiday and we're spending so much time in the airport or on a coach traveling to one place. And I just had to check myself and remind myself to enjoy the journey, to actually find joy in the journey. To when I was on the coach going to the next place, don't sit there and strop that I'm not experiencing anything or I'm not allowed to walk around the town, but actually to look out the window and learn to enjoy the view. To just check my spirit and say, come on, mate, you can find joy in the traveling. You can find joy in every moment. Enjoy the journey as well as the destination. And it was a really moment for us where we had to go, wow, we need to enjoy the journey. And we've all been on journeys, haven't we? We've all been on holidays. Maybe we've been on a road to promotion in work. Maybe you're in school and you're then going to sixth form and then to college. Maybe you've been on a journey of physical or mental um, just to, to get better. Or maybe you've overcome addiction and now you're able to tell that story of healing and restoration in your life. We have all been on a journey, whether a physical journey, a spiritual journey of some sort. And I just want to take a moment just to encourage us because we learn on these journeys that there is always a tension, right? There's the destination and the faith of where we're going. But then there's also the culture that we're fighting. And we're always fighting these two things. We're Like for me and Abby, we're like, oh, I'm going on holiday. I can think of Milan, but I've got... Two flights and a coach to get there. Oh, it wasn't. It was one flight and a coach. One flight and a coach to get there. I'm living in the destination. I need to enjoy the journey. Feel the heel grab of culture saying, stay comfortable. You don't need to go on the journey. But I want to go on it because I want to get to the destination. Culture tells us to get a good job, to get a job that pays, and to live comfortable. Stay comfortable. Don't travel. Don't rock the boat. Stay where you are. Comfort's nice. There's no point in leaving it. And I just want to encourage us, we all know that when a journey is worth it, it always is an uphill struggle to get to it, but it is worth the fight once we get there. Journey is worth it. Enjoy the journey. Some things in life are worth fighting for. They're worth it. They're worth that uphill struggle, getting the grip some determination, because when we get to the destination, we can stand in the holy awe moment of, wow, God. And I just want to encourage everyone that there are things that you are going through that are worth fighting for. There are things that you are living in right now that are worth the fight. Living out your God call is worth fighting for. Responding in love in your marriage into your children is worth fighting for. The discovery of your God call is worth fighting for. Living faith-filled is worth fighting for. The salvation of your neighbors and for this city, it's worth fighting for. We all sometimes need to fight. Culture tells us, get a job, stay where you are, don't move. I want to go against the grain and say, comfort is not our destination. Comfort is not where we are meant to live. 
as Christians, we are meant to enjoy the journey as well as the destination. You see, Mary and Joseph, that we learn in this story, were able to walk through the desert to reach the promise because they had a word from God. The journey starts with a word from God. So we need to get a word from God because that will help sustain us when things get hard. So we're going to read the word that Mary got, and it's in Luke, and it says, The angel said to her, Mary, do not be afraid. You have found favor with God. See? I always wonder what did the angel show her. See? You are, you are to become a mother and have a son. You are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great. He will be called the Son of the God Most High. The Lord God will give him a place where his earth earthly father David sat. He will be king over the family of Jacob forever and his nation will have no end. See, Mary and Joseph had a word from God. You found favor with God and do not be afraid. They were the words they received as well as the promise of a king, the promise of a son. Who knows that well, I don't know, but I've, I've heard from very close friends that when you find out you're pregnant, it changes everything. So imagine finding out, yes, you're pregnant, but actually this baby that you've been given responsibility over isn't just any ordinary baby. He is going to be the king of kings, the Lord of that weight of responsibility. One, I'm, I'm flip, I'm having a baby. And two, this, this child is going to be the father of Jacob, the king of the family of Jacob forever, and his nation will have no end. You see, what Mary and Joseph were able to do is they were able to let their word from God sustain them on the journey through the desert. They were able to let it sustain them. They took the promise in the word from God, and they made it their why to their every day. Now, I love this, this idea of making something your why. Like Pastor Lee says it to me all the time, but why? Why are we doing that? What is the purpose? What's the God word? What motivates you? What is your why? And I don't know about you, but I've had plenty of moments. I am the one in our house that always loses something. Normally my wallet. There has been times, <laughs> always my wallet, yes. There's been times where Abby's left me in Manchester and I've realized that she's, she's gone home and I've still got the keys. So when I've had to drive halfway to meet each other, give keys. I'm always losing. I'm always forgetting. I always forget what, oh, yeah, Abby told me to give her the keys, but I didn't do it. Have we ever had those moments where you've, like, ran to the top of the stairs and you're like, there definitely was something. But I don't have a clue. Has everyone had, the, everyone had those moments? We've all had those moments. Well, this shows us the importance of the why. Remembering the why. What, what are we going upstairs for? I've got a great story for you. I remember this is like the high school kid's absolute dream. If you get, if you get this, just stay quiet. Stay quiet. So my dad was giving me a lift to school. And he completely forgot that I was there. It was fantastic. And he was driving me from Flint. Uh, where we were living, and he had to drive me to Mould to drop me off at school. And uh, he drove all the way to work. His work was in Stockport. It was fantastic. <laughs> I got to miss 
such a portion of school. It was brilliant. I think it was assembly that day, which is ironic because now I'm the guy leading the assembly. And I was so glad that I didn't have to be there. But my dad, he completely forgot why I was in the car. But what it does is it illustrates and shows us that when we forget why, it becomes cloudy. Our judgment gets fogged because we don't, oh, why? You know that cloudy feeling that we get in our minds? You see, when we get a word from God and we choose to remain in it, and we choose to every day make it our why, there's no space for the cloudiness. There's only clarity because the word of God brings clarity. The word of God is a lamp to your feet. It is a light to your path. See, we know that lights cut through darkness. We know that lights cut through the darkness. If you receive a word from God and you choose to make it your why, you will be unstoppable. Like Mary and Joseph, there was, it didn't matter how many miles they had to travel. It doesn't matter how many wild boars, lions, bandits on the road there were. They knew what they were doing, and they knew why they were doing it. They knew they were traveling from one place to the next for the promise of a king. When we have a word from God, and it becomes our why, it also becomes our answer. And what I mean by that is it becomes our answer to the distractions that we find on the way. What I loved about that, even just that image, there's mountains. The journey is up and down. It's around. It's not linear. It's not always straightforward. There are things that will question along the way, make you question the why you are doing what you have set out to do. You see, the word of God is the lamp to your feet. It's what we can follow. It's what lights up the next step. But it also becomes the answer for when the enemy tries to say, did God really say? Did he really say you're about to have the king of kings? Did he really say travel to Bethlehem? Well, yes, he did. Because this is my why. And my why is now my answer. Your why and your answer will bring purpose and protection to you on your journey. For you to live well in the desert, you need a word from God. And you need to make it your why. Your everyday why. How do you get a word from God? Open your Bible. It sounds really simple, audacious sheep. I'm looking at all of you. These guys have got a few more years. They should know this. I'm looking at you. Open your Bible. It starts there. We already have the word of God. We already have the promise of God. But are we choosing to live in it? Are we choosing to remain in it? He's already given us the word. Position yourself to hear from God. When we open up the praise pit, don't just think it's for the youth. It's for you. We praise and we worship to position ourselves for the word of God. We don't just praise and worship on a Sunday. In fact, that's a question. How many of us in here, actually, if we started our day at home, the way that we start our day in church with praise and worship, would see the breakthrough that you're believing for? 
That's the challenge. How many of us need to actually start our day with some praise and some worship, declaring that he is king, declaring and shouting our why over our situation, over our journey to see the breakthrough that he has got for us. Respond in worship, join a team. These are all things to position yourself to hear the word of God. Allow God to guide you on the road, on the journey, through the desert to your destination. Whatever journey you're on, whatever desert you are traveling through, let the word of God be the lamp to your feet. Let it be the light to your path. Step in accordance with his word through the desert to your destination. What he has for you is good. And we also, on this journey, we need to choose calling over the comfort. So when we receive the word from God, when we receive our why from him, we don't hold it lightly. We hold it firmly. We bring it to our everyday. And we choose calling over comfort. Culture wants you to stay where you are. Wants you to remain as you are, doesn't want you to grow, doesn't want you to open your Bible every day, doesn't want you to spend 10 minutes with God, doesn't want you to praise when you're tired, doesn't want you to worship when you're worried, wants you to stay as you are. But calling demands us to change, it demands us to grow, it demands us to take a step, to move towards what God has for us, to actually be active in the pursuit of him, to be willing to go on the journey through the desert, to hit the top of the mountain, to see the scope of the land, but to also come back down again, to change direction, to move course. You see, in the, in the Bible, in this story that Chip amazingly shared for us, we see that the promise of a king also went hand in hand with the prophecy of a savior. You see, this journey on the desert, Mary and Joseph choosing calling over comfort, forged the promise of a king into the prophecy of a savior. If they weren't willing to go on the journey and to get uncomfortable, we never would have seen the savior. You see, the census did that for them. They weren't allowed to stay comfortable. They weren't allowed to stay in Nazareth. They had to go to Bethlehem because the census demand them to move. It demand them to get to the city where Joseph's fathers were from to register. You see, the census forged the promise into a prophecy. They had no choice to settle for comfort. They had to embrace their calling. We have no choice to settle for comfort. We have to embrace our calling. See, culture says stay comfortable. But the call of God says, and to live true demands change. It demands movement. It demands us to get uncomfortable. You see, what me and Abby have learned in our short but wise time of being married and doing life together and leading amazing young people and being in church in, through sacrifice of vision offerings is that the currencies between heaven and earth aren't convenience and comfort. 
See, their faith and their sacrifice. So we cannot live in the calling of God if all we want is comfort. But we have to be willing to step out, to put some embers on the fire, to, to put a log of faith in preparation, to bring a sacrifice before God and say, God, I'm going to stand here. I'm going to get uncomfortable for what you have put on my life so that I can see your word and your goodness in someone else's. The currencies of heaven are faith and sacrifice. Living out your calling requires faith and sacrifice. Sometimes we just need to be willing to take one step at a time. You see that verse, a lamp to my feet, a light to my path. Illuminates the step one step at a time. And there are people in this room that are in the middle of a desert. The sun is beaming. There is no water. Things are feeling dry. It's feeling pretty lifeless right now. But I want to encourage you, take one step at a time. Take the next step. One step at a time. Keep moving forward. You see, the word of God is full of promises. It is full of promises for us. Hebrews says, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess because he who promised is faithful. That is a promise for someone today. He gave you a word. You are now in the desert. Things are feeling lifeless. But remember, he who promised is faithful. Philippians 1.6 says, he who began a good work will carry it to completion. See, the desert isn't your destination. The desert is the thing that you need to go through to step into the promise of God. Moses was stuck in the desert, waiting to go into the promised land. Mary and Joseph had to travel through the desert to see a promise turned into a fulfillment of a prophecy. I want to encourage you, this is not the destination. What you can see to your left, to your right, and in front and behind is not where God has called you. It is where he is moving you through to get to what he has promised you. Some things are worth fighting for, right? We need to keep fighting. Don't turn back. You've come too far. See, Mary and Joseph traveled 80 miles, no mention of a donkey, which blew my mind because I always thought there was a donkey. You've come too far to turn back now. Live on the word that God has given you. And we're going to create a moment in a little while where actually I believe there's words that have been spoken over people that are now laying dormant. That there's a word that you received where you were sat in the youth section of your church. There are words that you received 5, 10, 15 years ago. Maybe when you were on Five for God and you were in Bible school. There are words laying dormant in this room. There is purpose laying dormant in this room. And I really believe that God wants to bring a fresh fire, a fresh perspective and a fresh encouragement. Thank you for listening to this Audacious podcast. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com.
We'd love for you to join us at one of our campuses, Manchester, Chester, or online, every Sunday, 10 a.m. and 12 p.m. 